You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Brand new episode of What Comes Next, Cinema Geekly's NXT Companion Podcast. It's Anthony and Jacqueline, and we are back talking more NXT on the USA and WWE networks. It is week three of the War of the Wednesdays, and uh, I'm going to start out real quick. Uh, Jacqueline cannot wait any; she cannot hold her breath anymore. I teased her with this big NXT UK news that I have to announce. Tell and me what it is. I'm going to announce it right now. I am no longer watching NXT UK. That is the news. <laughs> I, I just can't. Uh, <laughs> too much wrestling. Yeah. NXT has moved to two hours. Uh, and NXT UK is only an extra hour. But here's the thing. AEW has their two-hour show, which I also watch. And mm, That's four hours a week. That's a lot of commitments <clears throat> and for wrestling. Yeah. Right. Uh-oh. And AEW has launched this one-hour show that they put up on YouTube, so it's very easily accessible, where they mm. feature some of the other matches that they taped. Because uh, if you go to like a wrestling show, they tape some matches before the show and yes, after the do. show, and nobody ever gets to see those matches for the most part. And AEW decided, why not just take those matches and put them on a YouTube show? Uh, it's a way to plug their TV for next week and plug pay-per-views. And it's an opportunity to get other people, uh, some exposure. And Hmm. as it turns out, that show has actually been pretty good and it's more exciting than NXT UK. (laughs) So I had to pick one and leave the other. And, uh, NXT UK has been left by the wayside. Although I am pretty sure if they do another takeover, um, yeah, we will watch it and review it. I'm sure. But what's this? We <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> I, I will watch the takeover. Jacqueline's like, I don't know if I'm going to watch like a three hour takeover and a two hour NXT that week. Oh, we'll talk about that if and when that comes. <laughs> we'll see what we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll just have to decide what's more important. Uh, Flip a coin. <laughs> but in the meanwhile, uh, we have episode uh, 529 to talk about of. Uh, NXT. Yes. You know what? Actually, before that, there is something kind of NXT expansion related, but I don't think oh. it's going to go anywhere, so we don't have to worry about it right now. But uh, there was uh, recently some some wrestling news came out that the the television company, the entertainment company that uh, owns New Japan Pro Wrestling in Japan, also bought a women's company there called Stardom, which is where uh, Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai, most notably, uh, came yeah. from. That was like their promotion. And the entertainment company that owns New Japan also bought 
stardom. And at that point, news came out that uh, WWE had also offered to buy stardom. And this was part of their... Triple H once gave the speech about local globalization. He wanted to open these NXT territories... Like, all over the globe. Like, there's a, the NXT UK, obviously. This would would have been the start of NXT, NXT Japan. Japan. Yes. And uh, this was not the only Japanese wrestling promotion they attempted to purchase. They also attempted to purchase Pro Wrestling Noah, which is, like, the number three wrestling company, I think, in Japan. Uh, but hmm. that also fell through. And right now, it seems pretty aimless. The The story coming from the guy who sold Stardom, the man who did own it, uh, mm-hmm. was that he asked WWE what their plan was for his company. <laughs> and they didn't actually have an idea. They just wanted to have it. Like, they... And a lot of people... Yeah. A lot of people have since noted that Japan's culture is so different. It's not like going into the UK... And starting a wrestling company there, they may not be able to do a WWE-style promotion that exists within Japan. WWE is a touring company that comes to Japan, like, once a year or whatever is okay. But, like, an actual living, breathing promotion that exists in the culture would have to be something... Yeah, it would have to be something more akin to what they already have. Uh, in right. in Japan, so what you mean they have to take into account cultural differences? No, and Vince McMahon is not the man that I would. I don't think yeah. he has the sensitivity training to. to I was, was going to say, Mister culturally sensitive over there. <laughs> um, Fuck Vince McMahon. Excuse me. <laughs> hey, by all means, we could say. I mean, we could just change the name of the podcast to that if we wanted to. But <laughs> look, uh, it's the name of this episode. Yeah, it could be. Uh, <laughs> Look, I, there are some things in this episode of NXT that I, some things yep. are creeping in that I wasn't too fond of. I'll, I'll, I'll mention them, but it seems like, uh, for the most part, NXT Japan might not be happening. So good. Yeah, I, honestly, I can't keep up with anymore. So it's, I'm too saturated. Uh, episode 529 from Full Sail, of course, opens with Tommaso Ciampa. And Angel Garza. So Ciampa, with this neck injury, probably should have been out for a year, but came back well before. Uh, yeah. And didn't look like he even he had a neck ready. injury. Yeah, he was ready to go. Oh, oh, I thought the opposite. <laughs> well, I mean, I thought he looked good, but I don't have a lot of nice things to say about this match. Okay, uh, fair. I thought this was going to be a great match, by the way, because Angel Garza is very good, and as is Ciampa, but... Uh, there's a swift series of counters to open up the match. Garza gets the better of Ciampa for a moment. He then removes his pants. Uh, but that gives Ciampa the opening he needs to start smashing Garza. He then beats up Garza's pants? It's weird. DDTs him for the win. I wrote here, odd match. Yeah. What did you think of this? I thought this was going to be a much more competitive match. I did too. This was not, um, I thought it's almost like, uh, it, it was almost a very cautious match to me, mm-hmm. which, um, if like, maybe that just means that Ciampa's not ready to be back. I thought um, he, I mean, I thought he was moving around real great in there, but they weren't doing anything crazy. No, no, no. Um, the one that you mentioned, the 
beating up of the pants. Um, and I wrote, um, I guess the the announcer said something about Champa showing disrespect to Garza's heritage, and I'm just like, ooh, no. Is this, like, is, is this the, is, is the was the flag on his pants? Is that what it was? I or? think it was. Yeah. I see. Um, and so Champa's supposed to be the good guy here, by the way. What? Yeah, he's a, supposed to be a, a good guy, I believe. Ooh, no. And I'm just thinking, but like with statements like that, I'm just like, all right, think of where we are, the state of the politics, keep that out of there. Anyway, <laughs> um, I mean, I, it was fine. It was yeah. okay. Definition of okay. I mean, yep. to me, the definition of okay, if you were to put it on a, a, a scale of five stars and then hit average... It's two and a half. Two and a half. And that's what I gave this. Which, Me too. Uh, is actually slightly more gracious than Grapple, which gave it a 2.37. They were also All right. not pleased with this return. Uh, I mean, no. it should have been better, I thought. Um, I agree. Post-match, the Undisputed Era come out, but not mm-hmm. to attack Ciampa. Kyle O'Reilly goes over to the announce table and gives Mauro Ronaldo a flash drive. Weird. He is, he is the 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 video the, editor. The video editor. You yeah. know what? That makes perfect sense. Uh, and he gave it tomorrow. He's like, check out my newest music video tomorrow. Basically, yeah. Uh, Look what I cut together. And Morrow's like, let's get this to the truck. Uh, backstage, Keith Lee is shown sitting down with earbuds in, presumably Jacqueline listening to our Getting podcast. Ready. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's listening to how much we love him. Mm-hmm. Um. Shout out to Keith Lee. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Undisputed Era's flash drive contains a video of a presumably dead Velveteen Dream. Uh, yeah. He looked like a stiff board. <laughs> yeah. He was He was not alive. And uh, Undisputed Era made some dream uh, puns. They, yeah. they talked about him or whatever. And uh, smashed his glasses. And uh, they they left him. And we would later find out that Dream is, is, unable, is unable to compete. Turn, apparently, he has an injury. So he's Okay, legitimate. I was wondering if he was really injured. Yeah. Um, I do have something to say about this, because mm-hmm. um, I don't like the direction they're going with Undisputed Error here as, like, villains. Yeah. Um, I prefer them to be, like, like, those smarmy comic book villains who are just, like, really full of themselves. Mm-hmm. And this seems to be a little bit more not that. Yeah. I mean, I guess they had to think of something here because Velveteen Dream was injured and they have to, they promoted the match for the title and they had to do something here. So yeah. I'm, I'll give them a pass. I, uh, we'll see. Uh, Brit Am Brawlers versus whoop, whoop. Imperium. So this is, the show picked up here, I thought. Yes. Uh and by Imperium, I mean Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel with uh, Alexander Wolf at ringside. Walter at home in Austria. Fair uh, enough. Didn't pay I'm him tired. enough. Yeah, didn't pay him enough to to attend this episode. And I guess these guys have been doing the Florida circuit a little bit, too. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so who knows what that means. Uh this started out real uh, fast-paced, back and forth. Yes. Heading into the break, uh, back from the break, and Lorcan gets a hot tag, and he goes crazy. He always does. Uh, they try, uh, Brit and Brawlers go for their finisher, but it's broken up. There's a hard strike exchange between Oni and Fabian Eichner. Uh, suicide dive from Bartel on Danny Birch. 
uh, Fabian Eichner does this double jump moonsault thingy on Oni Lorcan for a pin. Very athletic. Very much. Yes. Uh, Oni tries to make a comeback, but Imperium, hit, uh, Imperium hits him with the European bomb double team move to get the win. I thought this match was a, a lot of fun. What did you think? I did too. I thought it was a great match. I thought both of these teams work very well together. Like like the teamwork amongst the like the Britain Brawlers and Imperium, like it's just so fluid, and that's what I like to see. So I I really enjoyed it, and um, I just love Danny Birch. Like I really do. I yeah, don't... him and Lorcan are such a great team. They really are. Keep them as a tag team, they, especially yes. now that they've lost the Street Profits. Like you need another player. Yeah, they really complement each other. I think. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how good Eichner was. Like I've seen them before. Mm-hmm. Um. But I thought this, like, he he was showcased a little bit here, so. Yeah, both all both of these teams are, are really good. I really enjoyed this. What did you give uh, this tag match here? I give it a 3-2-5. Okay. Uh, I went 3.5, so okay. we're real close. And Grapple gave it a 3.21. Ah, okay. So, yeah, we are all, we are all in that ballpark. We're all going in the same trajectory here. Yes, we are. Uh, they showed a replay of the Johnny Gargano personality profile video that we saw like a couple weeks ago. That, that was weird that they just played the same video again. Uh, but then Kathy Kelly is backstage with Johnny Gargano and he says that, uh, she asked him about how Johnny feels about Tommaso Ciampa returning, given their roller coastery past. And Johnny says that he's not really sure how he feels about Ciampa being back until he sees him in person. I was really hoping Ciampa would just show up at that point. Yes. But, um, yeah. Well, gonna, Sadly, uh, he didn't. They're going to save that confrontation for, for later. Uh, mm-hmm. Dijak- Dominic Dijakovic is shown warming up backstage. Yeah. I really don't care for these care. when they do, like, a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. And they do a lot of these. Also, uh, spoiler for the end of this, I really don't care when they do things like that when it's not the main event. No, this was not the, they're not setting up for I the main event. I was really mad. I thought it was the main event. <laughs> uh, Io Shirai versus Caden Carter. Lacey Lane. The former Lacey Lane, yes. Uh, <laughs> Carter and Io, I, I wrote here, have really good chemistry, I thought. Yeah. Uh, good early back and forth. EO dumps her on her head with a German suplex uh, and then hits her with the moonsault for the win. So this didn't go particularly long. This was, you know, a short yeah. match, but Caden Carter looked really good in this, doing all, all sorts of like springboards and like lucha roll ups oh and gosh. stuff. I thought her the and gymnast- looked good. Yeah, the gymnastic abilities of these two women is just so unbelievably impressive. I thought there was a little bit of awkwardness like there were some weird like pauses bit. or yeah. yeah so that that took me out of it but um i think that part of that is um what's her name lacy whatever her first yeah. name is kaden um still um you know she's still getting her feet Very wet with new, the especially yeah. with the live the live events so um so it's understandable but um i i agree once once they once they get there i think that this would be a good match to see like full out Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you give it? I went uh, I went two and a half. Me like, too. Just like the first match. Uh, we are spot on with our halfway points to this week. Grapple, a little lower, 
All right. Well, so they were more in the. They're two allowed and, to be wrong. They're they're they were closer in the two and a quarter <laughs> range. Um. Okay. Let me see here. Uh, I do want to say after this match because EO was going to was talking or whatever. Shout out to whoever does the musical cues on this because the mm-hmm. timing of Rhea Ripley's entrance music. Yes. To uh, interrupt EO was just like perfect. Yes. Like it's really great. Yeah, so post-match, EO says that it's not Rhea or Bianca, it's her. Like, she wants Shayna. Uh, this prompts Rhea Ripley to come out, and she says that she's putting Bianca Belair in her place next week. And if EO ever spits her name out of her mouth again, then Rhea will fight EO too. I'm just saying, still building up towards a women's war games. <laughs> like this is where we're headed. What if it's one on one in the war games? You're Can just you trying. To, you're just trying to. I I appreciate how hard you're trying to will it into existence. It's it it like what other storyline do we have with multiple people right now? It, it 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 is the only thing that makes sense. And if they fuck it up, I'm gonna be real upset. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, like it's gonna be undisputed era in somebody, but no, they have been in it literally uh, both too many times. times. <laughs> yes, they've they've done two of them, and they've been in both of them. No, uh, this, it is time for a women's war games main event. Yes, they let do, this happen. They do need to do something different. Uh, they show us highlights of that weird Killian Dane thing from last week with Boa. They show us Boa. He is punching at us and speaking in Mandarin. Presumably at Killian Dane, presumably telling him he's gonna, you know, beat him up or whatever. Unfortunately for Boa, uh, the crowd is giving him the what treatment because apparently we can't be respectful to other people speaking different languages. Uh, Cultural I mean, sensitivity. We are in Florida, but still, I mean, you, you know, you'd think there's. I would imagine there's a lot of Hispanic speaking people in Florida still, but. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it hasn't grown. He's speaking in a language we don't understand, so we're just going to say what. Yeah, people they, are dumb. It would have been helpful to have subtitles, by the way, but they didn't give them to us. It so. doesn't even matter. Like, you're, he's clearly acting in a certain way. Like, you can, you can tell. even if you don't know the words, you you know what he's getting mm-hmm. at. Like, he, he is fierce. He is ready. He's yes. going to fight. Regal. Uh, William Regal is atop the NXT perch. And he says yeah. that Velveteen Dream will be unable to complete, uh, unable to compete, uh, and therefore the winner of the Keith Lee Dominic Dijakovic match will face Roderick Strong for the NXT North American Championship next week. Super excited when he made that announcement. And speaking of which, Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic. So early on in this match, uh, Dijakovic tweaks his left arm. So Keith Lee does what any normal human being would do, and he gives his arm a big splash. Yep. Uh, uh, Dijakovic takes control just before a picture-in-picture break, during which nothing happens. It's just Dijakovic in control the whole time. Okay. Yawn. Nothing uh, nothing happens. Uh, Back from the break, Keith Lee starts making his comeback, but Dijakovic hits a chokeslam powerbomb for a two. Uh, Keith Lee hits a middle rope frog splash on Dijakovic's arm, still working on it. He gives him a spirit bomb, but Dijakovic rolls to the outside. Uh, Keith Lee gets him back in, but Dijakovic hits Keith with a cyclone kick for a two count. Keith Lee does this crazy deadlift suplex where yes. Dijak is trying to kick his feet so Keith Lee can't lift him. 
and Keith Lee, his feet are off the ground this whole time. He just drops really low, and then mm-hmm. Keith Lee will lift him back up into the air again, and they do this a couple of times before he finally hits it. Keith Lee is very strong. Yeah. Uh, Dijakovic tried to get Keith Lee in position for a feast to your eyes, but his arm was hurt from the big man splashing it so many times. So <laughs> he tried to change the positioning and got Keith Lee instead on his shoulders in the electric chair position. Keith Lee countered this by giving Dominic Dijakovic a poison Hurricane Rana, which is which was I have to just say bonkers. so unbelievably mind blowing. Like watching this and how these two. Oh, I was like, I could not believe what I was watching. And like, then the match was killed. <laughs> then the match was killed. Roderick Strong, I write here. Roddy, like an idiot, ran in to cause a DQ, which resulted in a triple threat. I wrote, dumbest end, I knew it was going to happen, but come on, exclamation point. This is this is the kind of shit I hate. I hate this stuff. So yeah. we talked about, believe it or not, I don't know if you remember this, but it's seared into my memory because I hate whenever they do this. They mm-hmm. did this with Shayna not too long yeah. ago, where she ran in and for some reason thought that the good guy commissioner of NXT wouldn't just put the two people into a match with her. And it happened, of course. And the same thing happened to Roderick Strong here. Like, what was he thinking? It'd be so much easier if he just let one of them beat the other. Especially because this match was going so unbelievably, amazingly well. Yeah, it really it really kicked it in the in the butt here at the end. Yeah, but I did not appreciate it. Up until the ending, I really liked the match. Same. Um, I also really appreciated at the beginning, the very beginning of this match. I it must have been Morrow with the Game of Thrones reference uh, mm-hmm. about the Clegane brothers here <laughs> going up against each other, yes. and I was like, "All right, all right, I see where we're headed." Um, this match did not disappoint. Like these two, this is what the fourth time we've seen them now together, and like every time they do something new, something more entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, even when they ha- like these, even when they have like the slowdowns in the match, like you could tell that they're trying to change pace, but it's still so entertaining. Like they don't just like lay on the ground. Like <laughs> it's really, t- it's really tempting to see what they would actually do in a takeover match where they can just go all out and they have all the time that they need. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be bonkers. And like, did I want the three-way match? Absolutely not. I don't think anyone did, but I don't see that as being a bad match with those three. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I don't even care about Roderick Strong. I mean, this will Get be it. This will be a good match, but how they yes. got to it was frustrating. Stupid. Uh, I actually gave this match two scores: oh, one okay. for the wrestling and one for the ending. So, oh, okay. just so you know, what? What? I mean, we're gonna. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I would like to hear both, but I think we're just going to count the the wrestling. I mean, I took my two scores and combined them into into Ugh. one. But well, I guess I could uh, I could average it out. Um, but yeah, do, do you uh, need to do the math? Th- <laughs> I am. I am. I'm pulling up my calculator right now. Uh, but for the wrestling, I gave it a four and a half. Okay. Just because I thought it was doing so well. For the ending, I gave it a two, so that averages out to three and a quarter, which I still think is low because this match was so amazing. So, yeah. Um, I mean, they were just so good together. I went three and a half. Like, I thought this yeah. was well on its way to being four or more. 
Mm-hmm. But that ending really cut it off. Grapple less forgiving, three point two. So okay. they, they ended. They actually came really close to your three and a quarter. They did. They did. On average. Um, that I mean, but like no one wants that shit stuff. Sorry, I don't know why I'm cursing so much this episode. <laughs> I mean, you totally. I mean, it's got the explicit tag on it. I think so. We're good. Fair, fair. I will say though, I did give William Regal's response a five because. His facial expressions, um, <laughs> as well as calling Roderick Strong sunshine. Ah, uh, yes. Well, <laughs> just did it for me. <laughs> they show they show Pete Dunn warming up backstage. More warm ups, and then they show during the break the undisputed era berating William Regal, who was having none of their shit. Yes, I really enjoy that. He's just like whatever, boys. Well, to be honest, <laughs> to be honest, Roderick was stupid. What did he expect was going to happen? Yeah. I mean, at least it was a bad guy being dumb, but he's being real dumb. Yeah. It's uh, like they don't know what to do. Like, he, they, you saw too many sides of his dumbness in this episode. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, Matt Riddle and Bronson Reed. Mm-hmm. They fist bump, and then they exchange a series of strikes, uh, which, of course, Matt Riddle gets the better of. Uh Reed takes over after squishing Matt Riddle for a little bit anyway. Uh, Riddle fights yeah. back, hits the uh, the the bro to sleep, and a power bomb on Big Bronson Reed. The story of this match is Matt Riddle has superhuman strength. Yes, uh, he, absolutely. He goes for the floating bro, but it is countered into a sit-out power bomb for a two. Uh, Riddle then catches Bronson Reed on his shoulders. And hits him with the bro Derek for the win. Post match, they are still bros. That's Wait, his fist bump. Wait a second. His finisher is called the bro Derek. Yeah, the one where he catches him like in a tombstone pile driver, like Undertaker, but he slams him. It's called the bro Derek. Yes. I love that. So yeah, you that. should go back and listen to it again just so you can hear Mauro Ronaldo's shout, Bo Derek! <laughs> or bro Derek, excuse me. That would be okay. That's worth a second watch then or listen. Uh, what, what did you think of this essentially squash match? I, I'm actually not a fan yeah. that they used Bronson Reed for this. I don't think they gave no. Bronson Reed enough for it to seem like he was competitive with Matt Riddle. I mean, it made Matt Riddle look like a bazillion dollars, but it did. I will say, but I thought these guys did really well together because you could mm-hmm. tell, like, at certain points, like Bronson Reed was definitely like helping get picked up and like, yes. um. And so it, I thought, while it did not, um, it, while it probably should have been more of a back and forth, it also, mm-hmm. like, things like that just show how talented um, Bronson Reed is. And yep. Matt Riddle's just, like, dynamite, so. Yeah. Um, no yeah. pun intended to the AEW show. Oh, is that what it's called? That is, in fact, what it is called. Did uh, not know that. <laughs> unintentional pun. Oh, uh, sorry. I went, uh, I went two and three quarters with this. It just was too short for me. Yeah, I said I gave it the same exact score. Uh, again, we're a little bit higher than Grapple, which went two point four three. But I mean, I okay. can I can see where they're coming from. Yeah, it was. I mean, when yeah, Bronson Reed. Like, here's the thing: all these guys, most of these newer guys who went through the the breakout tournament, especially like they do, they deserve to be like the squash matches now. No, mm-hmm. um, but it's just kind of the hand they're dealt right now. And um, at yeah. least we get to see them on on TV. Yes. So, I don't know. Uh, Bianca Belair personality profile. 
And uh, then we were told that Kushida suffered a hairline fracture of his uh, wrist, I think, in the match oh. with Walter, which he's lucky if that's the only thing after that match <laughs> that he had with Walter. Uh, but unfortunately, have a concussion. Unfortunately, a legit hairline fracture, and he's going to be out for a little bit. Oh, it is legitimate. Okay. Yes. Uh, Tainara, no last name, versus Tegan, last name Knox. Uh, <laughs> and Tegan, this is actually Tegan's first NXT TV appearance, as far as I know. Like they. Oh, it is. I saw her live. I was wondering why they were saying, I was like, no, she's been here before, but I just saw her at a yes. show. <laughs> uh, and the story goes, uh, you know, she had, uh, like, she she actually has this really crazy story. Like, if you notice, she has two knee braces on. And yeah. when she first signed, uh, like, right at the beginning of her, you know, she was training there and starting to get out onto the NXT like the Florida shows just at the very beginning. And she hurt, got hurt and Oof. she was out for a long time. And, but they really liked her and she was really talented. So they when when upon bringing her back, they were going to reintroduce her in the second May young classic that they did. And mm-hmm. the idea was that she was going to win it. Right. And then she got hurt on the other leg in the tournament and now, what, so, what happened to her in the because she got hurt in the match, right? Yeah, she got hurt in a match with Rhea Ripley, I believe. Um, wow. It was on a she just did a suicide dive to Rhea on the outside and Rhea caught her just fine. But the way her legs hit when they landed, that's what uh, that's what did it. And uh, so she didn't get to she didn't get this big push as the winner of the May Young Classic, and they probably had some big stuff in in store for her. And she had to go back and do it all over again after just coming back. It was like her uh, she had won Aww. a first round match, and then it was like her second round match. So she'd only been back for a match before she got hurt again. So she's back back now. Um, she's had multiple matches, so she seems to be. Uh, holding up okay here. Uh, Tainara like levels her with a kick in the corner. Tainara's every once in a, every once in a while. Tainara actually has some like really good and strong looking offense. She does some mm-hmm. like judo stuff. She has control for a minute, but Tegan Knox comes back. Uh, it's a basic comeback she makes. Hits her with the shiniest wizard for the win. I wrote here disappointed. Moro didn't make the obvious Breaking Bad reference. And I was trying I to re- I was trying to remember what I meant when I read this earlier today, <laughs> and then I'm like, then it all bumped into place for me. I'm like, okay, El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie, just recently hit on Netflix, like the follow up to the show. And uh-huh. I don't know how Moro Ronaldo did not get to say some line, something along the lines of, just like Walter White, Tegan is the one who knocks, but he didn't do it. I'm I'm stunned and baffled. That's like a, a huge Walter White line from Breaking Bad. And I cannot believe that Mauro Ronaldo did not take advantage of this. Maybe Mauro's like me and just doesn't watch Breaking he Bad. He hasn't seen so. it. He hasn't seen it. He, um, he watches all other pop culture things but this. Uh, what, um, what did you think of Tegan and, and Tainara? I mean, it was okay. Yeah, I, definitely, was after, I definitely like Tegan better than Dakota Kai. I will mm-hmm. say that. Um, but just not a whole lot happened in this. I did find um, at the beginning of the match, Nigel did. Uh, he, Nigel, must be listening to our podcast. 
because he made some comment along the lines of um, like Tayanara should use her judo. So um, yes, and he's she basically did quoting bit, you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I gave this uh, a two. Me too. Uh, we're doing like we're totally like yeah. simpatico today. I don't know what's going on. I know we are never this in sync. <laughs> grapple Grapple went two point one nine. All right, so. We're all right there. Yeah, they were a little bit above us even, which is stunning. Yeah. Uh, unusual. <laughs> post-match, Kathy Kelly interviews Tegan Knox at ringside. Dakota Kai comes out to congratulate her and celebrate. But before they really have a chance to do anything, they're interrupted by the horsewomen. I'm actually not really sure why. I'm wondering maybe if you could argue that the uh, the psychology here is that you've got all these... Uh, upper tier badass women like Rhea, who's winning all these matches, Io Shirai, Bianca, who are all coming at Shayna. So Shayna comes out to, you know, confront... the girl with the glitter unicorn. Uh, yeah, finishing she, move. Yeah, she's she's not confronting these other women. She's confronting the girl who, uh, you know, is recovered from her second her second leg surgery or whatever, just getting her first win. So she's low hanging on... fruit, if you will. Yes, which makes you could argue that. Um, yeah. Shayna feels bad for Tegan because she is running out of limbs to rehab. Uh, and uh, Tegan gets real mad. She's like, give me a title match. Uh, and Shayna says she hasn't earned a shot yet. So She also mentioned something about, like, ask your friend what I could, do, what I would do or something. Oh, Did yeah, yeah. Shayna and uh, Dakota have a thing? Yeah, so they, uh, Dakota famously was the first victim of the Shayna arm stomp. Uh, oh. They show like when they'll show this clip every now and again of Shayna bending a woman's arm back and then stomping on it, and it looks so gross. And that was mm. Dakota Kai's arm that she stomped on. Gotcha. Um, that's when they gave that's when they gave Dakota Kai this PTSD story that didn't really work out so well. Like Shayna had really hurt her arm, and they went with this really oh. awful story of Dakota was terrified of Shayna. Yeah, that's not great. It didn't help Dakota at all. I mean, she's since no. come back from it, but at the time, <laughs> sort of wasn't so good. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, I will say Shayna Smack Talk is getting a little better, though. Mm -hmm. I think yeah, and it was funny. Like right before she came out, I was thinking, I was like, man, we haven't seen Shayna in a long time. And then all of a sudden, her music started, and I was like, all right, all makes, right, makes sense. Makes sense. I see. Backstage, Damian Priest stands around. No one cares. I hate him so much. <laughs> uh, so all show long, they're like, hey, Finn Balor has a message. Yeah. And I'm like, is he going to come out here and we're going to get a Finn Address Balor promo? Address the crowd? We got a video of Finn. Now, there's what I wrote in my notes. And then there's what he actually said. Do you, do you remember what he was talking about in his, in his video message? All I remember is something about his future will become his past. I just assume that means the demon's coming back, right? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, he's, it sounded like if I remember what he was saying, it sounded like one of these, you've got to go back before you can go forward type things. Like he's going back to like, it was supposed to be like explaining why he's in NXT again or something, but I read mm. deeper. I read oh. between the lines. My notes here, it says, Finn says he deeply regrets his main roster career and wanted to come back to NXT. Seems like he's wrestling next week. 
<laughs> That's what I got from this uh, this video thing. It just sounded like he was it just making like ex- he was making excuses. He's like, I just look. I what I really want. I just got married. I want to make that big main roster money, but I want to go wrestle in NXT where it's fun. Yeah, I think he. I well, but like, let me ask you this: just off topic, but on topic. Okay. They don't have a choice, right? Like, if they get moved to the main roster. Oh no! Like, yeah. So, they did all this. They did all this changing of the uh, announced teams once SmackDown mm-hmm. started on Fox, and Fox because they don't know anything about wrestling said that they wanted the A, you know, the A team commentary team, which you know to Vince means Michael Cole and Corey Graves because they're the Raw team. And okay. then they created this weird monstrosity commentary team for Raw with uh, it's Vic Joseph who was who was on NXT UK. He's been promoted to oh. Raw. Uh, wow, that's a jump. That's a huge jump. And he's with Jerry the King Lawler, so that's we- weird. And Why he's, is he back? He's also with Dio Madden, who is the the NXT guy who would sit. Like, his thing was that he'd sit. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw him. <laughs> wait. Wait, the wrestler? Yeah, the wrestler guy who would sit. Holy sit? Holy sit, yeah. He's now a commentator, and he's on Raw. What a what a weird amalgamation! And to show you Must that, Lenny Kravitz. And yes, and to show you, I think he also might be like Rhea Ripley's boyfriend, if memory serves. I've seen a lot of pictures of them together, so maybe they're to together. That anyway, that aside, to to illustrate the point that you just go where they send you, people were like, "Hey, what happened to Tom Phillips? He was the guy who was on SmackDown. He used to be the NXT commentator before they brought Mauro Ronaldo in." And then they moved Tom Phillips up to SmackDown. And, mm-hmm. well, Tom Phillips is now doing NXT UK. He went from SmackDown to, you know, the fourth brand. In okay, WWE, so yes. Fifth brand so they whatever. really don't have a choice. So they just... No, but... So Finn Balor was told he was moving. <laughs> I, I bet, though, you didn't have to tell Finn twice to go back to NXT and keep his big paycheck. I'm sure he's... I wonder... In fact, he had a tweet today that literally said, I think, I am very happy... So, I mean, he may have been referring to something else, but it's probably it's probably this. It's probably that. He's just, okay. He just got married. He's keeping his big paycheck. He doesn't have to travel all over the country every every week, and he gets to wrestle in a fun place. So. Okay. So yeah. So, I mean, so but him regretting it isn't like him being like, "Oh, I made the wrong choice." It's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad they told me that I didn't have to be there anymore." <laughs> yes. I, maybe that's why I wrote it down as Finn, Finn regrets his main roster career and wanted to come back. It was a mistake <laughs> to leave. It uh, was. Speaking of mistakes, Boa versus Killian Dane. That was oh, the next match. Yeah. And uh, I write here, Boa aggressive. Dane smashes him and wins with several Vader bombs and some sort of neck crank submission. This is the worst match on the show, as far as I was concerned. It's not like they actually did anything wrong, but... You know, Boa it's doesn't do anything so for me, bad. and I don't know how they made Killian Dane so forgettable. Boring. Yeah. Well, Boa, I've again, I've seen him live, and mm-hmm. he's good. Mm-hmm. Um, Killian Dane, where it really loses me. Do we need all the repetitive moves? No, we yeah. don't need the re- the, re- the one Vader bomb should be enough, right? Yeah, I just, it, I mean, that and 
I mean, I don't know. You can do the multiple moves to, you know, he's like, oh, he's real sadistic. He he could beat him with one move, but he keeps hitting him with moves because, you know, he doesn't care. But, but this is at least the second time we've seen this. Yeah, and it's not clicking. It doesn't even make no. much sense to me. I'm not even sure where any of this is going. Yeah, no. I went one, I went one and three quarters. I went one and a half. So a lower. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, grapple, 1.7. Okay, so closer to you a little bit. I did have a follow-up thought on this match, though. Okay. So here's what I'm thinking. Follow me here. Okay. New rivalry. Mm-hmm. Dane, Killian Dane, and Finn Balor. Okay. Why? Northern Ireland versus Southern Ireland, the oh, Republic, man. with everything going on in Brexit, it would be topical. They need to bring up the troubles. Right? In, in Ireland. As you could have, them. you could do so much with it. <laughs> Holy moly. Yeah. Multiple levels. And also, literally, if Killian Dane is still boring after watching him against Finn Balor, well, then he's not hitting it. Yeah, this just, they got to do something else. Yes. So, you're uh, welcome for the idea, NXT. Feel free to use it. <laughs> they do. They show us a recap of Leah Rush winning the NXT Cruiserweight Championship from Durgulak. And Bugenhagen. Yeah, they we get to see we get to see Rick Boogs. I still like Bugenhagen better for some reason. It sounds like Hagen Das. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Who doesn't love ice cream? Exactly. Uh main event is Pete Dunn and Damian Priest. Actually, I really like this match. I thought this was the best match on the show and the best Damian Priest has ever looked in NXT. I agree. But is that more Pete Dunn? Probably. It's a lot of Pete Dunn. And also, yeah. uh here's another thing I hate. Uh so Pete Dunn comes out and Killian Dane is just standing there on the ramp. And then Killian Dane is like pointing at Pete Dunn. And then Pete Dunn just calmly grabs his fingers and snaps them. And then Killian mm-hmm. Dane is kind of mad, but like not so mad that people have to really hold him back. And I guess they're in a feud or something. Like, why did this happen if not to do that? And if that's how you were going to do it, couldn't you think of something better to like have them feud over? I, I hated like, this. It's so dumb. But literally, they're trying to do with Killian Dane what they've done, what they've been successful with with Shayna. Mm-hmm. But Shayna has had the buildup to be there. Yeah, and like come out and beat up everybody after matches. Like, yes, we're not there with Killian Dane. Yes, no, not even close. And I, like, I just don't like this. If that's like the start of a rivalry. Yeah, it's dumb. And if it wasn't the start of a rivalry, then why did it happen? This is that's like a no win scenario for me here. I just did not like this. Character uh, advancement? I don't know. I just wrote here I hate these kinds of setups. Uh but the match begins and we get some solid wrestling early on, then Dunn of course uh transfers over to his joint manipulation. It's what he does best. Uh Damien Priest cuts him off and then we go into a picture and picture break. Uh, during the break, there's actually a thing where Pete Dunn counters a suplex and hits uh, Damien Priest with his release suplex, which he calls the X-plex. Uh, and then they come back live with Pete Dunn hitting uh, like a superplex. Uh, then Dunn continues his ass-kickery. Uh, moonsault yep. to the outside, more ass-kicking inside. Like, this was going for a while. Like, he was beating the, the tar out of Damien Priest until he finally yes. cuts him off. Uh, Priest hits Dunn with a razor's edge for a near fall. 
uh, priest with a, uh, a step up, uh, like flip dive, like a tope con hilo to the outside. Very impressive. Like he did this stepped down yes. the middle rope on the inside to spring himself up and over and did a flip dive to the outside. He was uh, doing some pretty impressive stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a series of moves leads to a sit-out choke slam for a two. Both guys are hitting each other hard. Uh, uh, there's a, like, a, and after that, there's, like, a great, I think it was, like, a strike exchange where both guys get leveled. Uh, mm-hmm. Priest gets his knees up on a moonsault, and then they're, like, battling near the ropes, and Dunn's trying to, you know, snap the fingers, and they sort of get... Referee Jessica Carr sort of gets like caught up in their struggle, yep. and as she tries to escape, uh, Priest uses this opportunity to hit Dunn with a low blow and hits him with Dunn. the reckoning for the win. You know what? I I'm okay with this. Bad guys can cheat, and as long as they mm. can cheat and the referee doesn't see it, I'm okay. I'm okay with that kind of like nefarious bad guy cheating, as long as mm. you know, they get their comeuppance at the end. I guess for me though, like this is supposed like this is clearly Damian Priest's like launching point, right? Like this mm. is biggest win. Pete Dunn put him over. Is that the terminology that we use? It is or indeed. That, or that's used. Yeah. Yes. So um you would think you'd want a clean win, that's all. Mm-hmm. Well, you'd, I you'd think Um yeah, I mean it wasn't it wasn't clean, but mm-hmm. it could have been less clean. It could have, uh, that's true. I, I'm 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 okay with them at least making sense as to why he cheated and then got away with it, and mm. it, it's also a way to kind of protect Pete Dunn a little bit so he can Pete Dunn can lose but he wasn't beaten completely mm. clean. There's Pete a, yeah, you can argue I that guess. that Pete Dunn may have won this match if not right. for the low blow. All right, I see that logic. I guess it's also kind of like pro wrestling's. Uh, their tie into real sports and how officials constantly screw up calls. Uh, <laughs> fans are always complaining about how bad the referees or umpires are at their jobs. So wrestling is imitating life in that regard. But uh, I thought, um, I thought this was the best match on the show, and I also thought uh, this is the best Damian Priest has looked ever in NXT. This helped him Absolutely. a lot. Absolutely the best Damian Priest has ever looked, besides when he was Punishment Martinez and had the tag match with Matt Riddle. Just going to throw that one out there. That was also pretty good, yes. Yeah. Um, or, no, they were in against each other, but they were tag team partners. Or I something. think he had a match with Keith Lee, too. That was a lot of fun. I would like to see, like, yeah. those guys go at yeah. it again. Um, I, I This wasn't bad. I thought um, I like when Pete Dunne does some of his high-flying stuff because it's, like, kind of unexpected, even though I, I think he does it more than... I think. Um, so I do always enjoy that. And, and Damian Priest is a, is a tall guy as well. So for him to be doing all these kinds of flips is always impressive. Mm-hmm. But again, my creative juices were flowing and I thought of a better way to transition done, uh, Priest's character. Cause oh. I hate this womanizing whatever character he is with the, with the religious name. Like, yeah. Well, cause they were talking about like the women he had or something. I don't know. I don't like it, but basically I think we need to transition him into the crow. Oh, right, okay, like, yeah. That's that's what that's those are the vibes I'm getting. So like, let's make him that like dark vigilante type character. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. That's what that's what we want. We don't want whatever they have going on. Whatever anyway. he whatever he is, which I don't know what that <laughs> is. He's a gothic rock star, I think. But like, with a the most one? I don't know. with the most generic of 
like I I'm sure if you go into the the great big book of independent wrestling results from like the late nineties, there's probably a million Damien priests. Damien priests. Yeah. yeah. Wearing pleather shorts and uh everything that was all the rage back then. He's Punishment Vampires. Martinez. Yes, Punishment Martinez was such a better name. I agree. But still not happy about the name change. What can you do? What 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 did you give the main event? I gave it three and a quarter. Okay, and I went much higher. This is the first time we're out of sync. I went four. I thought this was wow. excellent. And Grapple went three point seven three. So they were like okay. more in the three and three quarters range, but Okay. Very almost like halfway between us. Yeah. We're, I, I've noticed though that we're never truly like terribly out of sync. Where no, you're like oh, I gave that a five, and I'm like oh, I gave that like two and a half. Like yeah. never have we been that far apart on anything. <laughs> that but, far out, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's <laughs> that's how the show ended with uh, Damien Priest in victory. Uh, as it pertains to week three of the war. Uh, AEW did about a million viewers, and NXT did about 790,000. Ooh, they just keep dropping. Yeah. Uh, so AEW won week three. I thought AEW, uh, in my personal scoreboard, I think also barely edged out NXT this week, although they were much closer. Uh, mm -hmm. But I thought AEW kind of barely edged them out, partially because I think of just the... Uh, We've been so used to watching NXT at an hour, and even when the show is not so good, it it never feels like it drags. Right. And now NXT at two hours, even if the stuff is good, because of the way they pace and lay out things, and they do all of these like people sitting around backstage segments, it sometimes it feels like it's dragging on a little bit. And AEW has not so far in three episodes has not felt like it is dragged at all. Everything feels. Um, very boom, 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 boom. And there's like no time for anything to feel like it's dragging. The matches don't feel like they drag and they don't really do backstage segments like that. Uh, if they do anything, it's usually out at ringside. Um, Ooh, that, so if they do, that sounds better. Yeah. So if they do interviews, it's either in the ring or on the ramp. Uh, or, and then usually something of importance happens. So that's, a. I think that's the thing that's maybe edging it out a little bit this week. Match quality wise, they're both pretty close to each other uh, hmm. for the most part. The thing that is worrying is, as you noted, those numbers keep dropping for both of them. Yeah. Uh, it's a little disconcerting because both shows are good. You would think that the numbers would at least hold or maybe even have slight increases. But uh, AEW started at 1.4 million and are now down to one. And NXT started at 1.2 million and are now in the 700,000s. That's uh, not good, yeah. I don't know exactly what how WWE feels about those numbers. Uh, some Someone had suggested to me that Vince is happy because even if NXT is only getting 700,000, that's 700,000 potential people that aren't watching AEW. Uh, I know that TNT is very happy with AEW because they were an unproven commodity when yeah. they, like a brand new company with no, you know, most of their talent has no television exposure, uh, of, big risk. of importance. And they were, TNT was expecting 500,000 viewers. So they're doubling wow. the expectations. 
So they are they are doing a okay in the eyes of the TV company. And I guess, yeah, and I guess that's the most important thing. But to me, it is worrying to see a show that I think is good that isn't increasing the ratings. Now I think I know how Firefly fans feel. Uh, right. They just love that show, and it got canceled. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, uh, you know, I should say this because I mentioned it on the um, essentially our sister podcast, The Elitist, where we talk about AEW. Uh, I was telling Nick, the guy I do the uh, the podcast with there, that uh-huh. uh, if we reach like six weeks, so I'm going to give this like another three. But if we reach an if if in the next three weeks, AEW continues to win every week, I'm just for the time being, I'm going to declare the war over. Like the <laughs> AEW is is <laughs> until NXT wins a week, it right. It, it's not, it's a, not war. a war. Yeah, it's just a one sided. Like, you know, why are you hitting yourself for like six weeks? And that's, that's, you know, that's not a, that's not a battle anymore. That's just, you know, it's, it's the battle is already over. Um, honestly, I'm not really sure what, uh, what would turn it around for both companies at the moment, but it's still really early in both of their television existences. So absolutely. As you said, it's only been three weeks. So things still can hit. Time. Yeah. Maybe Finn Balor's return. will bring in some more eyes, but you know, we will see time will tell. Yes. Uh, before we take off, uh, let's thank the good people over at think geek for sponsoring the show. Cinemageekly.com slash think geek, uh, head on over there for geeky apparel and collectibles. That's at cinemageekly.com slash thinkgeek, or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Uh, also, while you're at cinemageekly.com, uh, you can check out the archives of this show, and uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for What Comes NXT and hit subscribe. Uh, let's see if we can get it right this time. Uh, that way you can come back next time and hear us talk about NXT episode 500 and whatever it is, featuring, I'm really crossing my fingers here, Roderick Strong versus Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic for the NXT North American Championship, unless Roderick Strong does something to screw that up as well. (laughs) 